Hi, my name is Roland Vive, and uh, I'd like to talk to you today about the Canadian tax system in general. And um, kind of a theme within that is the complexity of the Canadian tax system and um, you know some of the calls that have been coming out recently about the simplification of the tax system. So um, I want to start with an interesting quote. There's a, a quote that says, you know, and this is a famous quote, you can Google it, the hardest thing in the world to understand is the income tax. And that quote, believe it or not, came from Albert Einstein. Um, and when he did make that quote, I don't know the year, there's no year attributed to it, but it was a long time ago. And if you think the income tax was difficult to understand uh, in Einstein's period, um, you, can, you can imagine just how much more complicated it is. In general terms, um, you know, I, I'm a tax accountant by training, that's what I do. Uh, we love to, um, you know, talk badly about our Canadian tax system or tax system in general as as a whole, as a piece of legislation. It's it's very complicated. It's you know the Income Tax Act itself. Um, you have all kinds of interpretations and rulings. You have case law layered on top of that. So it's not just a document, a big set of rules that's called the Income Tax Act. Uh, there's tax treaties involved. So it's it's a whole bunch of pieces of legislation. And, and case law that goes with it. So um, it's more than just a big book of rules. It's constantly evolving and it's constantly getting bigger. Um, so, you know, legislation changes over time. It generally adapts to new, uh, new things that are out there. I mean, e-commerce, for example, back in 1917 when the, war met, the, when the Income Tax Act was first introduced in Canada, e-commerce didn't really apply then. Um, and even going back 10 or 15 years ago, e-commerce was not nearly where it is today. So that's just an example. I'm not saying that there's a lot of the um, changes in the Income Tax Act that relate strictly to e-commerce, but that's an example of, of how the tax, tax legislation, the Tax Act, has to uh, keep up with changing times. Um, in terms of the, the way that legislation is released in Canada, traditionally it's been, it's been very well thought out. And I'll get back to the traditional part. Traditionally, it, it's been very well thought out. Um, some very fine minds in the finance department in Canada that are constantly looking for uh, problems with the legislation. They've got their ear to the ground in terms of some of the transactions that are going out there, uh, going on out there that are perhaps not kosher, um, that really um, are a misuse of the Income Tax Act. So part of what they do is they kind of look at you know what the tax community and the business community is doing, and they'll, they'll try and make the system fairer. Um, and that's a very well thought out process. Uh, you know, internally they they draft legislation that's very well vetted. One of the big concerns you've got when you're drafting new tax legislation is how it's going to interact with other provisions of the Income Tax Act. So you may want to you know, perhaps fix a problem that's out there or make something or create or fix an injustice. It's not always, you know, fixing problems that are out there. There are some injustices in the Tax Act that, that they want to fix. So it does, does go both ways. So in the course of fixing one problem or plugging one hole, you don't want to create uh, a whole bunch of unintended side effects. So typically what happens is internally, the finance department will um, you know, vet this, this legislation. They'll release it as a notice of ways and means motion. Sometimes it's done as part of a budget release. Um, a lot of times it's just done at various times throughout the year. 
it's released um, and you know sometimes it takes effect immediately but a lot of cases it's you know here's what we're going to do they release it to the tax community and both the Canadian Bar Association uh, CPA Canada some of the the bodies out there will will look at it they'll provide feedback and and quite often we'll see changes that are that are done to the legislation because yes it might fix a problem or two but it creates other problems that regardless of how fine the minds are that are drafting it they can't see the whole picture so it is very much a collaborative process between uh, the finance department and the tax community and that that ecosystem has existed for a number of years what we're starting to see now is and most recently there was some legislation that was released in in July 2017 and to the average person uh, you know, it made a little bit of headlines, but it was a fairly comprehensive set of proposals that they, they put out there. And the sense we got was that um, a couple of things. It was far too complex, and I'll, I'll deal with the complexity part of it, but it didn't seem to be very well thought out. And, you know, some of these proposals, while trying to fix some perceived loopholes, um, in fact, you know, because it just seemed rushed. And it created seemed to create more downstream secondary problems uh, than we've seen typically ever, to be honest with you. So uh, I think what we're seeing now is, although traditionally it's been a well-thought-out process, and I, I still hold on to that concept, I think we're starting to see some things that are perhaps more politically motivated. And um, what, what ends up happening, I think, is we're seeing legislation that might be might be a little rushed to uh, to to get out the door and and, and that sort of thing. Um, the the concept is that the tax system should be understandable to most people. I mean, you would hope that someone would be able to understand the tax system in a way that they can do their own taxes. I think we're getting close to the point now, uh, maybe not on the personal side, but definitely on the corporate side, where I don't think the average person can do their own tax return unless their situation is really, really straightforward. Uh, the complexity of what you have to know and the ever-changing nature of it, we're, we're starting to get to the point where, um, you know, doing certainly doing your own corporate tax return would be really difficult to do. Um, and we're almost getting to the point where I'm having more and more difficulty explaining to people what, what is on their tax return. Um, I pride myself on being able to take some fairly complex tax concepts and uh, distill them down to something that the average person can understand. And we're getting to the point now where that's really difficult to do because the concepts are so complicated um, and, and some of the terminology and, and lexicon that we use um, is, is that it, it's, it's almost becoming incomprehensible and we're seeing fewer and fewer people who can actually understand what's going on. Um, particularly following this, these July 2017 proposals, there was a cry by the tax community to, you know, saying the, these new rules that you're proposing, um, they're just far too complicated. Let's let's slow things down. Let's undertake a comprehensive review of the Canadian tax system, and let's do this in a in a more structured and comprehensive way. The last, the last real major overhaul of the Canadian tax system was in 1972, and they started that process in the late 60s. So um, back then, when they essentially rewrote the Income Tax Act, uh, it took them years and years to, to kind of look at it from the ground up and uh, look at every step of, of the, the changes in the system and, and rethink it. Um, 
so there's been a lot of cries for that by by the tax community. Um, and again, some of the things that they're saying is that this is becoming far too complicated. We have to slow things down. Now, I think there's a little bit of a hypocrisy in that statement. Um, the the reason the tax system is so complicated is because of tax practitioners themselves who have devised these techniques uh, to get results which were never intended. And if you kind of look back at, you know, if you take the income, ta the income Tax Act right now and kind of pull out those sections which are so difficult to understand, there's almost a direct tracing of those rules to things that people have done. Um, people who are paid good money to come up with ways to circumnavigate the system. So when I think it's somewhat rich when my, my peers in the tax community say, hold on a second, you know, we're, we're, things are getting out of control. We have, to, um, we have to scale things back. We have to simplify the system. We have to look at things comprehensively. I think, I think that is um, somewhat, uh, it, it's rich for them to say that, and I'm probably going to take a lot of heat for, for saying that. But, you know, we're our own worst enemy. Uh, the, the reason the Income Tax Act is as complicated as it is, in part because the world has become more complicated, um, transnational, tra you know, transborder um, transactions are more common. There's a lot more complexity in the financial world. So that does account for a lot of the changes. But a significant part of it is really things that we have done uh, in the tax world. And, um, you know, we, we've brought this upon ourselves. Um, I think that's fair to say. And the other thing that, um, again, these calls for comprehensive review are basically asking for, like, give, me, give us four or five years while you think things through so we continue, continue with the old ways um, and, uh, you know, do all of these wonderful tax-saving measures while you, you think things through. So I think a lot of the calls for simplification uh, and comprehensive reviews are um, just an excuse to buy more time so they can continue with the status quo. Um, you know, there's this concept of the tax loophole. Um, that L word is really not a good word. There are, in my mind, very few loopholes in the Income Tax Act. There's lots of um, provisions of the Act which allow people to get really good results, but to, to call them loopholes would basically be, be saying that the people who drafted the legislation didn't know what they were doing or they didn't think things through. Um, a lot of the, the quote-unquote loopholes, and, and um, Minister Morneau used that, that word when he tried to roll out this legislation in 2017. You know, he basically said, you know, we're trying to plug all of these loopholes, which was nonsense. These were well-established, well-understood provisions of the Income Tax Act that were working exactly as intended. And for political reasons, it's easy to, um, you know, refer to the evil business owners who are getting all of these great results while... Uh, the average worker with a T4 has to pay a lot of tax, so he called them loopholes. And I think that that was offensive to a lot of people in the tax community because, you know, you might say, okay, the good times are over. You can't continue to enter into some of these transactions, and we're going to stop that. But to call them loopholes would imply that they were unintended, and in fact, it was the exact opposite. They were, um, they were built into the tax system. They were there to achieve a specific result. And uh, people were using them, in this case, uh, exactly as they were intended. And, and I think that really did offend a lot of people in the, in the tax community by, by calling them loopholes. They played well politically, um, but I, I think it was you know, quite disingenuous of them to, to refer to them as that. Uh, the Canadian tax system as a whole, I think, 
is, you know, it, it is no more complex than other tax systems. And in fact, I would say, if you look at our system versus the American system, um, you know, if you were to poll the average person on the street, they would say that, you know, the Canadian, tell, tell us about the Canadian tax system versus the American tax system. And you'll hear lots of things about the Canadian system being full of red tape, um, full of, you know, complexity. And there's this perception that our, our business-friendly neighbors to the south have this very streamlined system, which is why American business is so more successful than, than Canadian business. I mean, that's absolutely not the truth. In fact, uh, I would hold up our system against theirs any day of the week. I think the Canadian system achieves more fairness. I think it is less complex than than the Canadians. Our, our system is less complex than the American system, um, and they have a lot of work to do on their end. Um, so, as bad as you know, you might think ours is in terms of complexity. Yeah, I, th I think the Canadian system is is a lot less complicated than the the U.S. system. Um, the U.S. system, for example. Um, you know, if you're an individual, you will file a tax return in, um, you know, federal tax return and the state that you live in. If you happen to live in a state where there's no income tax, that's great, but most states do have an income tax. Some cities have income taxes. So, for example, if you are a professional athlete um, and you happen to play a hockey game in, um, you know, in Nashville, you'll have to file, even though you are, you know, you might be based in Canada or you might be based in, in New York, you'll have to file a, a Tennessee tax return. Um, if you play a game in Philadelphia, you'll have to file a Pennsylvania and a Philadelphia state or a Philadelphia city tax return. So um, we've done a lot more work here in Canada on harmonizing things. We see that with the HST. Um, most provinces other than Quebec now will you'll file a single personal tax return. So if you compare that to, for example, the um, you know someone who is in the U.S. and might have to file returns in the case of the absurd case of a professional athlete, they might have to file in in you know twenty or thirty different jurisdictions. Um, in Canada, we've done we we've spent more time and it was painful. Um, this more time harmonizing things. Same thing with uh, you know sales tax, the HST. In general, you know the rates vary from province to province, but um, you know the tax base what is subject to to the GST or HST is is fairly consistent across the country. So I think our system is less problematic to navigate. Doesn't mean it's easy, but um, it's still complicated. The question of, of simplifying that, I think, is just, uh, I, I don't see how you do that. I don't think, you know, um, in, in the, as systems, as um, the business world continues to evolve and, you know, industries and transactions that we haven't even thought of right now start to become uh, more commonplace as tax practitioners continue to uh, find new ways to, you know, to circumvent the system, I think, you know, there, I, I can't see any way in which the Canadian tax system will uh, will become any simpler. I think if you're if you're looking for, uh, you know, if you're on the side of, of simplifying the tax system, I think you uh, you better buckle your seatbelt because I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. I think it's only going to get worse. So I talked about you know the average person. It, we're getting to the stage where it's almost impossible for the average 
person to do their own tax return. Again, if you have a fairly simple situation, it's probably okay. Um, but you know, if there's any complexity to what you're doing, um, I think it will become more and more difficult. If I was to look at um, focus, for example, on personal tax, if I was to look at our personal tax clients, I mean, they generally fall into a couple of categories. Um, those that probably could do their own returns, um, but life is short and they don't want to waste two weekends of their their life every year doing it, so they, they outsource it. So, you know, those people might have the ability to do their own tax return, they just choose not to do it. For the same reason that you might not want to wallpaper your house, you can you probably could do it, but you know, you don't want to spend that couple of weekends doing it so you have somebody who's better at it. So that, that takes care of a few of our clients, certainly a percentage of them. And um, the others are just to the point where they're either so unsure or their situation is um, so elaborate and so complicated that there's no chance in hell they could actually do their own. Um, and even if they were to attempt it and, you know, be reasonably satisfied that they did a good job, um, they would have this nagging feeling that uh, perhaps they didn't do it properly. And their, their concerns would be, you know, the same on either side of the ledger. Um, concern that they've paid too much tax, which obviously nobody wants to do, uh, but also concern that uh, perhaps they didn't pay the right amount of tax, and this may come back to, to haunt them at a certain point in time. So again, you know, personal tax clients for us fall into those two camps, those who probably could do it and don't want to, and those that are just far beyond what they could reasonably expect themselves to do. Um, and that, that's basically it. I mean, I, you know, this, this is a topic that's near and dear to my heart. I think there's a lot of um, discussion out there about simplification. And trust me, I mean, if, if the tax system could be simplified, I'd be a happy person. But I just think if you look at those factors which have created the complex system that we're now facing, uh, those being, you know, the external business world and the efforts of my, my peer group, uh, I think those are, are not going to go away anytime soon. And given not just this government, but any government across the world, given their desire to raise revenues, um, I don't think we'll ever see a, a simplified tax system in my lifetime, at least not in the G7 world. <laughs>